SMS Early Breakfast on 31702. A primary school teacher appeared in the Uppington Magistrates Court yesterday with charges of rape, molestation, indecent sexual assault and serious assault of a minor. The 28-year-old woman was arrested on Friday and I'm joined on the line by advocate Tertius Vessels, senior legal advisor at Strategy Labour and HR Solutions so that we can uh, just better understand the case and the severity of the allegations levelled against the teacher. A very good morning to you, advocate. Good morning and good morning to the listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. So maybe you can tell us a little bit more about uh, this case, of course, where uh, this primary school teacher has uh, been charged with sexually assaulting a minor girl. And it is a woman, just to put it into context for the listeners, who's 28 years old. How serious is this case? Well, I think the, it's important to note that the Department of Basic Education takes very seriously the number of reports of alleged cases of sexual harassment and sexual violence of learners by teachers. Mm-hmm. It's important to note that the department's main priority, of course, is to ensure the safety of learners at schools and therefore sexual relations between educa- educators and learners are totally forbidden. Now, if my memory serves correct, the department issued certain guidelines for the prevention and maintenance of sexual violence and harassment as far back as 2008, Mm -hmm. which are specifically designed to support schools and schools communities in responding to cases of sexual harassment and sexual violence perpetrated against learners. If a teacher is um, alleged to have behaved in such a manner, he or she may be charged for misconduct in terms of the Employment of Educators Act, which sets out the procedure that needs to be followed, of course. And in terms of Section 17 of the Education Law Amendment Act, the teacher must be dismissed if he or she is found guilty of, amongst other things, committing an act of sexual assault on a learner. And, uh, you know, just to put into context, it does not make a difference that the perpetrator is a woman and not a man. That makes no difference at all to the matter. Um, A man can sexually harass or uh, commit an act of sexual violence against a woman and vice versa. So now, what is the next step um, in this process? Um, Just so we know, should this, uh, let's say, have happened at one of the listeners' child schools, um, maybe we should take it a step back and say, what is the first thing that should happen? The first thing is, of course, for every learner, if or any employee for that matter in any workplace, to always immediately import the incident once it happens. If that incident is reported immediately, it will allow the, in this case, the Department of Education or any other employer to immediately take the necessary precautionary measures that they need to take in order to discipline the teacher or or any other employee in the matter. The next step for the Department of Education is obviously to conduct a proper and thorough investigation into the matter. And the purpose of this investigation is, of course, to determine the validity of the allegations and to gather sufficient evidence in order to proceed with disciplinary action. Mm-hmm. And which way does it likely go? And I know you probably don't have the stats in front of you, but from your experience, um, have the courts been favoring uh, of the, the, the victim in situations or have we had crying of wolf in some cases? 
there's obviously certain cases where there is a, a cry of wolf, um, but those cases are, are far and few. Um, in most incidents, if a, if a matter of sexual uh, assault, for example, is reported to the South African Police Department and the prosecutor elects to prosecute, there's already an indication that there's sufficient evidence mm. to prove that this person has committed the act. Um, and it's very seldom that one would find that there is not sufficient evidence. A matter would not proceed to, to that level and go through a court case that is going to probably come forward with only in the next year or so, um, where we are spending time and money into investigating the matter and going to trial, etc. if there was not really a basis for the allegations in the first place. Yes, yes. And, I mean, are, are, are schools within their right... Uh, to suspend teachers before the court case has even uh, taken place, before the perpetrator even appears in court? Definitely. So is any other employer well within their right to suspend an employee um, pending the the finalisation of a a matter? Now, I think it's also important just to understand that the, the criminal aspect or the criminal process and the internal process of a disciplinary hearing are two separate um, processes mm. that need to be followed. And the one is not dependent on the other. Wow. If, I had to, if, if I had to suspend you pending the outcome of your um, criminal case, that could potentially mean that I have to put you on suspension for two years, mm. um, which is also not fair on the one end. Um, so, and the balance of, 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 of the onus, if I can call it that, that you have to prove whether or not somebody is guilty is also different in these forums. From an internal perspective, I only have to prove on a balance of probabilities, are you guilty or not guilty of the allegations? When in a court of law, the state needs to prove beyond reasonable doubt that you are guilty of these offences. And, and is, is the perpetrator at all responsible for proving their innocence within the disciplinary process? It's not so much that the perpetrator has an um, onus or bears the onus to prove that they are innocent. Mm-hmm. It's obviously the, the state, or in this case it would be the, the school or the Department of Education, who's leveling these allegations against the perpetrator, and therefore they need to prove that the perpetrator is in fact um, guilty of the allegations. And then when the suspension is, is, is over, can we assume it's a suspension with full pay? So there is, the suspension with full pay normally is a precautionary type of suspension. So we say, listen, these allegations have been leveled against you. They are seen in a very serious light. We have some other reasonable ground to believe that your continuous presence at the workplace will be detrimental to this disciplinary process. So either you might now go and intimidate the learner not to testify or withdraw the allegations, or you might interfere with evidence or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's a precautionary suspension. The only time suspension will be without pain is when it's imposed as a form of penalty. Okay, I completely understand what you're saying. Advocate Tertius Vessel, Senior Legal Advisor at Strategy Labour and HR Solutions, thank you so, so much for your time this morning and all the clarity that you've given us. Thank you for having me. 29 minutes after five.